You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt. And not just any elk hunt, we're talking about a seven or eight mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. You're going to be sleeping in a wall tent, and you're going to be doing that for five days with the founder and CEO of Outdoor Edge, David Block. Now, if you've never been on an elk hunt before, I'm telling you right now, go sign up for this because if you ever hear a elk bugle, whether it's at 400 yards or it's at 40 yards, it is a life-changing experience. So here's how you enter. Go to OutdoorEdge.com. There's going to be a big banner for it somewhere on their homepage. All you have to do is click on that. Go fill out some information. I think your name, your email address, maybe some other stuff. And that's all you have to do. That's how you are entered. They're going to be picking a winner oh, a ways from now. So you have plenty of time to enter. Go visit OutdoorEdge.com. Sign up today. And if you decide to purchase any products from the website, Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces. NATION30. And you will receive 30% off your purchase. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? I'm coming to you semi-live from my rutcation in my parents, uh, my, my mom and stepdad's garage. Um, I am sleeping this year on a blow-up mattress in between a bass tracker boat and a Kawasaki mule. And I got my hunting gear kind of spread all over the place. Uh, I can't go into the house because my uh, stepdad has uh, some kind of illness and we're not sure what it is so we're we're staying away 
and uh, I don't want to get sick at all during this rut, so I decided to sleep in the garage. And uh, I got I got some company though. I got uh, a dog and a cat that likes to jump on my face when I'm trying to sleep. And my computer is set up on my mom's gardening bench, and uh, I'm pretty comfortable. Not you know it's it's warm here in Iowa, so I am. Uh, uh, pretty comfortable now next week when the temperatures drop if i haven't tagged out by then we'll see we'll see what happens there but today i have on mark Kenyon. this is a really short and sweet podcast and it is literally 12 minutes of rut strategy advice and tactics that's it hopefully you can listen to this uh episode while you're driving to your farm or getting dressed or or in between work or doing something with the kids, you know, really quick, high level, not a lot of detail, but high level into this. And uh, hopefully you guys, let's see here, hopefully you guys uh, appreciate that. So here's what we're going to do. Quick commercial, Vortex Optics. If you guys want to check out some of the most badass optics on the market, check out vortexoptics.com these guys have awesome binoculars they have awesome range finders they have spotting scopes they have rifle scopes and uh, they have this awesome war- warranty where you can smash it break it damage it burn it grizzly bear attack it and you send it in and they fix it and they send it back to you at no charge to you so uh, it's a pretty badass warranty uh, they also have an apparel line check that out other than that, we're going to keep this short. Good luck to everybody. Uh, I am continuously putting out content on Instagram stories. So uh, if you want to follow along with how my rutcation is going, that's a great place to do it. But uh, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Mark Kenyon. Two, one. Okay, Mark, first question. Do you think that we can talk about all the rut tactics that a bow hunter can need to know or needs to know in 10 minutes <laughs> yeah why not okay we're gonna sh- we're gonna shoot for it all right? all right and that 10 minutes starts right now first question warmer temps are coming through the midwest and honestly throughout the entire united States, eastern side of the united states for the next week what are your warm weather rut tactics uh, number one, don't let it keep you at home. The rut's still going to happen. There's still going to be hot does. Bucks will still be looking for those hot does. So get out there and, uh, and hunt hard still. Now, movement, especially midday, might be less than usual, but it's still going to be going, especially in your evening and morning hours when it is cooler. So if you have to prioritize your time, I would prioritize the mornings and evenings over midday hunts at this period. Uh, one other thing, if it's like super duper hot, water holes, water holes can be good any time of the year, of course, or early season, of course. But during the rut, um, that could be a thing to key on too. But the biggest thing is just don't let it dishearten you. Yeah. All right. So my warm weather rut tactic is going to be hunt tight to bedding and especially morning hunts for some reason in warm weather i have always found better movement in the morning as the temp you know the overnight temps are cool they are you know cooler than the day temps they're they're on their feet and it stays i would say it stays cooler longer into the morning than it does cooler 
after the the day has been warm if that makes For sense sure. yeah, so definitely. If, if you had to pick between a morning and an evening hunt i personally would pick a morning hunt uh during uh warmer temps so yep all I right agree. cool next question is small guys i get this question a lot guys with small properties let's just say 20 acres or less maybe even 40 acres or less they don't have a lot of tree stand options in that small amount of property tactics for the small property guy if you've got a real small place i would leave it mostly alone until the rut unless you've got like a really dynamite setup for early season or something but but basically what you want to have is a relatively unpressured area that is ready and waiting for you once the rut arrives. So then at that point, hopefully you've got a handful of great rut sets. Um, on 20 acres or 40 acres, there's only probably going to be a few of those spots, like one pinch point or two doe bedding areas, whatever that is. So once the peak hits, once you know there's some hot does out there, focus on those couple core spots. And if you give it time and you hunt it you know, with the right winds, now is the time to capitalize. Yeah. Keep it simple. Focus on those two key things and uh, and wait for one to come through. You can't bounce around all over the place because you've got a small place. So you have to focus on your few best places, and hopefully they're going to be popping. Right. And, and for me, that is check your trail cameras when you can. All right. If it's raining, let's say you do have trail cameras on that property. If it's raining, if it's extremely windy, um, if you know, if it's a louder day, try to get in there and check your trail cameras when you're not leaving as much scent or the wind isn't blowing in there. If you are not a trail camera guy and you don't know what's going on on that small property, my um, what I would do personally is know when to play off. And that means there's going to be days of the rut where you may not hunt because you know that your scent from either previous years or just through wind direction alone could potentially blow that whole property out for a day or two or however long until it recovers. Yep. So there's that. All right. Now for, let's say high pressure guys. And, and for me, high pressure doesn't necessarily mean public or private. High pressure to me means a lot of other people in your area. Just doesn't matter if it's private or public guys who are hunting high pressure areas, Mark. General rut advice for that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's the same in that you need to focus on either does or travel corridors between doe hotspots that funnel deer movement. So the biggest thing though, that would be different, I guess would be, that I find the aggressive rut tactics that you hear about during the rut that might work in a low pressure place like rattling, aggressive grunting, decoying, et cetera, et cetera. That stuff does not work nearly as well in heavily pressured places. So if I try rattling, deer go running away. If I bring a decoy, deer go running away. If I honestly, if I grunt, you know, one out of every 20 times I'll get a positive reaction with a grunt. So uh, when I'm hunting in Michigan in these super super heavily hunted spots, I play very conservatively. So the rut stuff you see on TV, don't try that, at least as right. far as I'm concerned from my experience. Uh, it's better to keep those deer 100% unaware of your presence. Kill them other ways. Right. Okay. My uh, go-to 
tactic there is flank the other hunters. And what I mean by that is I hunt on a property where these guys have been hunting the same tree stand locations for 20 years, right? So, um, and there's probably some public land guys out there, even some private land guys, who know what I'm talking about. The guys that they probably don't care about wind. They go to the same spot every single time when you're mobile, you have the ability to flank these guys. And I'm telling you right now that if you can find the in-between spots, um, I, I just had a podcast uh, with my buddy Brian about this. And he talked about finding the in-between spots. So let's say you have a, a hunter over there and a hunter over here. The deer are going to come to a food source at some point. If you can find these little terrain features or really thick vegetation between these two or flanking them in one way, shape, or form, you have a really good idea uh, or a really good chance of intercepting them. And just to, you know, reiterate what you said, that is probably not the time to be, do any type of aggressive calling because I have a fact if those guys are, or I have a feeling that if those guys are sitting there for 25 years, 20 years, they're also rattling every night. Yeah. So that's a good one, Mark. All right. So um, the next one is your target buck just busted you or a big mature buck just busted you you still have your eyes set on that deer how do you get back in touch with him well i know this feeling because it just happened to me today dan yeah. <laughs> uh you know it depends on how what the bust was like what the situation was you know if if a buck just catches some movement and bounces off or if another deer saw you and spooks and then that takes the buck away from away with it um, that's one thing. I think during the rut you can get away with a lot more and there's a lot of mistakes that can be made during the rut that, you know, just the simple craziness of the season, um, can get you back in the game. So in those kinds of cases, if it's a light bump like that, you know, I might just keep hunting where I'm at or make a small move. Um, if it's a wind where they wind you clearly and obviously smelt you, um, then you're gonna have a much harder time getting a crack at that deer again from that specific tree at least. Um, although honestly, you know, if the right hot doe brings them around, you might still be able to get away with it. But I had a situation today where I had a buck wind me two different times and he, he stuck around after the first one, the same general area still. Uh, but then the second time I thought to myself, man, there's, there's just no way he's going to come by this tree after two different times. Um, knowing that something was wrong here. So in that case, I made a big move. Um, so I think that if a buck busts you, he'll still stay in the general area. It's not like he's going to be gone. If there's a hot doe in the area, or if you know there will be hot does there, he'll be there, but you're just going to have to position, reposition yourself so you can surprise him. He might just move, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards away um, when he passes through. So if you make that move, get 100 yards downwind from where you were before, you might still be able to surprise him there. So I would say, Keep after it, but adjust a little. Gotcha. All right. Um, this one is probably for the guy who has only a limited amount of time, right? Their vacation is this time frame. And they have five days to hunt, and that's it. Then they go back to work. When do you start throwing Hail Marys? Uh, if I've got five days, day three. I don't know. That's when Maybe you, the that's, first day that's or when two. you start to get real aggressive. I mean, I'd be pretty aggressive even from day one if all you have is five days. Um, but I'd be super, super aggressive those last few days. So the first day or two, I'd still be pushing into it. I'm not gonna, you know, 
tiptoe around, but maybe the first two days I'm a little bit more conservative. Um, but when you're in the back half of that trip, then it's, it's, you know, go for it or go home. So yeah, yeah, by that middle day, it's, you know, start pushing it. Yeah. And I would say that, um, on top of what Mark said, if you're only have a weekend, a week and another weekend, let's just say five to eight days to get in there and hunt, I would be doing a lot of scouting in between hunts to try to find that fresh sign and that fresh, uh, you know, fresh sign, or maybe even try the old bump and dump. If, uh, if that happens to where you, you bump a deer while you're scouting, you set up right where that's at and hopefully he comes back the next day. Uh, and then maybe even rattle and, uh, you know, maybe do a rattling. So, um, yeah. Mark, we're going to make this called 12 minutes with Mark Kenyon. Cause I got one more question, uh, that, <laughs> that I want to, that I want to get at. I want to ask you and for the guy who wants a big buck, right? What does a guy, whether that's age class or whether that is big antlers. And I know this is hard to, because that sometimes those two don't necessarily overlap, but for a guy who wants to shoot his quote unquote biggest buck ever, what are a couple tips that we can give him? Biggest buck ever. Uh, well, you've got to, number one, be where big bucks are. Yeah. Probably that, that's probably the very best thing. That's going to help you more than anything else is just go where there's more big bucks if that's what you're going for. Um, if you want to kill the best buck in your area, it's a little bit different. Um, but uh, I would say if you're trying to kill the best buck in your area, which might be a big buck, um, you need to pay attention to the details. You have to get everything right. Every little bit of your plan has got to be buttoned up. You got to cross your T's, dot your I's. Don't cut, you know, don't, don't take shortcuts. Don't take the easy way. Uh, I think if there's anything that's consistent across folks that kill big deer consistently, it is the fact that they pay attention to all the little things, even during the rut. Even though you can get away with stuff during the rut that you wouldn't otherwise, still focus on those little things. Be perfect. If you can be perfect, you've got a chance at that big deer. Right. And the last thing that I would say on top of that, if you're going to start being selective on the bucks that you shoot, you have to be willing to sacrifice maybe a season without shooting a buck. Because if you want to shoot a big antler deer, there may be years where you have to pass smaller deer and you may not always win that that battle. Right. So I've been there before. I'm sure you have as well. So um, but most importantly, Get out there, get, you know, get as much fun under your belt as possible. These are the, these are the times that we all live for and just get jacked up about. So Mark, that's been 12 minutes. Thank you very much for your time. Are you sure it wasn't 13? Uh, we're creeping like 12 minutes and 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I had fun. Good luck to everyone. All right, everybody, that brings us to the end. A huge shout-out to Mark for taking time out of his day to hop on and record real quick with us. Huge shout-out to all the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, The Average Conservationist, Vortex Optics, Ozonics, Wasp, and Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast, man, I could really, I would really appreciate that. And a huge shout out to all of you, whether you're in your rut vacation or you haven't started it yet, please be safe. 
And remember, this whole thing is supposed to be fun. Inches at the end of the day does not matter. And if you have the opportunity to share, you know, what we do with somebody else, man, and try to do that as well. Uh, Other than that, man, be safe and good luck. Thank you.